Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome back to the Bachelor News Radio Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network, WCOM and Carborough, Chapel Hill, uh, North Carolina. We thank you um, for joining us. As always, 646-929-0130, the number to get in touch with us, press 1 to get on the line. You have questions, comments, you can make sure you hit us up there. I want to go to my next guest. Uh, good to have him on. Um, very disturbing situation. He is a um, criminal defense and civil rights uh, uh, attorney, among other things, a person Lynn Law Office. Uh, serious situation that happened to him. Let him explain it. He is uh, Jason Pearson, a uh, person, uh, Lynn. Uh, and Counselor, I appreciate you coming on this evening. I know you're short for time, but I wanted to make sure we got you on. Thanks for coming on this evening. Uh, thanks for having me, man. I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. So I want to get into it. I I I hope when we emailed out to our our listeners and and viewers, uh, we sent out the video link that we had, which showed everything. And I actually have the audio. I probably will play it. I was going to play it before, but I know you're short on time, so we're going to do it. We'll do it afterwards. Well, but you had an well, instant. Unique... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's a unique situation. We don't know how much time we have because uh, I'm awaiting the jury's deliberation, awaiting the verdict. Um, they've been deliberating now for just over two hours. Uh, the whole thing lasted two and a half minutes, but they could come back at any time or tomorrow. So we, we could okay. have the whole session. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, when you got to go, you got to go. I understand you, you still got to take care of your business. So, Explain to everyone what happened. You are a black attorney outside of yeah. Calif- uh, Los Angeles, if I'm not mistaken, in California. Uh, and you yeah. went to the court to check in with the clerk, which is a normal situation, even in North Carolina. Same thing. You see the attorneys checking with the clerk, letting them know you're there so you can do your case. But explain what happened. I know it. I saw it. But explain to the audience what happened to you. All right. I'm trying to be as brief as possible. Um, and sure. just for clarification, my name is Jaye Person Lynn, uh, and I'm my, uh, my, oh, no no problem. My it's not typical. So the San Bernardino Courthouse is 70 miles east of where my office is in Culver City and where my house is in Los Angeles. Uh, so it was a day where I did not have a court appearance. So I was not dressed in formal clothing on days where attorneys do not expect to go to court, especially those of us who run our own practice, we're in much more casual attire. Now, me, I grew up a Pan-Africanist, so I wear a lot of African print, and if it's not African print, it's still oftentimes a black-owned designer. Uh, like now, the mask I have on in court is a, uh African print mask, and the tie I have on is from a black designer out of Miami, verse 9. And that's just how I dress. Um, and so you see me in a dashiki or a shirt with dashiki print is equivalent to someone else in a polo shirt. Uh, so that's just me and how I was dressed. So I had on some, uh, it was like camouflage shoes, like moccasin types, some red slacks, and then a shirt that had, it was white at the top chest area, and then it had multicolored dashiki print, red, green, yellow, uh, on the rest of the shirt. 
And so I before I went out there, because I was going out to San Bernardino to pick up discovery from the district attorney, meet with my client, go to the scene, and also try and change this court date that the court had set without my approval that ended up being a bad day for me. And it was set at the initial arraignment, which obviously I couldn't schedule because I didn't know my client was even going to get arrested. Um, so uh, I go, I call up there. They say, for that request, you need to go to the clerk's office. So now, you know, it's it's I'm really not going inside of a courtroom. Um, so I go to the clerk's office, uh, go through the process to go to the attorney window, they tell me I need to go speak with the clerk in the courtroom. So I walk into the courtroom. Uh, the middle aisle is down the center of the courtroom. I go to my right. Yes, I, I pass the bar, which, you know, attorneys are allowed to pass the bar in a courtroom. The court was not in session, meaning the judge was not on the bench. So as I get to the clerk's desk, uh, as I'm walking up, I get a phone call. I answer it. A deputy, a custody deputy, whose job it is to take inmates to and from lockup to court and remand people, arrest them when the judge decides they need to be locked up from walking in from outside. So that's his job. So he walks up to me and says, uh, do we know you? I say, no, you don't know me, but I'm here to talk to the clerk about one of my cases. And he points to the audience area of the courtroom saying, well, you need to do it back there. And I say, why? And he says, because you're not an attorney. Uh, then I say, well, I am an attorney, and I'm here to speak to the clerk about one of my cases. Uh, so then he directs me to the bailiff. He says, well, you need to check in with her. So I turn around, and I go to the bailiff's desk. Uh, that lasted about 10 seconds. I Then when I go to the bailiff's desk, before I say anything, the bailiff, a black woman, says, sir, you see that bar? Only attorneys can pass that bar. So I tell her, I am an attorney. The clerk told me to come up here, so I'm trying to talk to the to the clerk, uh, and I pull out my wallet so I can pull out my bar card because obviously they're not listening to me. That conversation lasted about another 10 seconds, and before I could pull my bar card out, the first deputy, a white dude, Deputy Paul Berry, grabs me and pushes me to the audience area of the courtroom. Now, I had never been assaulted in court before, uh, so I was very much taken aback by that assault that uh, Deputy Barry did. Um, so after he does that, I try and walk to his right to go around him. He gets in front of me, puts his hand on my chest. I move my hand up, and the DA is arguing I, I smacked his hand away. But it's like I, mo I moved my hand up. He moved his hand down. Uh, so it looks like I moved his hand. But if I had a smacked his hand away, he would have responded, you know, in kind with violence. Um so the other, the bailiff now comes around and says, sir, if you don't have a case in court today, then you need to go to the clerk's office. I explained to her I already went to the clerk's office. Uh, they told me to come here, so now I'm here to talk to the clerk. And she says, about what? I say, look, I am an attorney. I am an officer of the court. I'm here to speak to the clerk. They ask about which case. I say, none I need to speak to you about. Because uh, obviously this time I'm upset. I don't want to talk to you. Plus, this is an administrative issue, and you guys handle security. So you're not the right people for me to talk to. Uh, she ultimately says I have to talk to her, shows me a sign that says, please don't approach the clerk, check in with the bailiff. Now, that sign is for defendants. It's not for the attorneys. Uh, but the sign is there. 
so and the whole time in their mind they think I'm a defendant because I don't have a suit on and they never asked me for a bar card a uh, business card or anything else to prove myself to, to what I'm saying is true they just disbelieved me to the degree that it couldn't possibly be true so she ultimately tells me I need to go outside ask why she says because I'm not listening and tells me I need to talk to her to talk to the clerk. And so I tell her, well, let the clerk know I'm I'm here to speak with her. And then she pushes me to go outside. So I back up when she pushes me, turn around, walk out, and tell them, um, you know, you have you guys are going to have a problem. Uh, and then we get to the vestibule area, the small area between the hallway and the courtroom. And now the doors to the court were open when I walked through and when I walked out. But Deputy Barry, unbeknownst to me at the time, had taken out his taser and hid it behind his back. So when I'm turning to walk out, I don't know he has his taser behind his back. And then when we get into the vestibule, he closes the door so the camera in the courtroom can't catch anything. So we get inside the vestibule. Luckily, he had his voice recorder on. And I'm standing about six to eight feet directly in front of Deputy Sutton, the black woman, Deputy Barry's about three to four feet to her right and behind her, leaning up against the wall. Uh, so I give Deputy Sutton my case number, uh, the case number of the case I was there working on. And after that, and I don't know what the FCC rules are for you, so I'll give it the edited version. But I, I tell them, I look well, at Deputy Barry. You can give the, you can give the, the, huh. the, the raw version if you want. I, version. We've okay. heard it. <laughs> okay, yeah, so... I look at Deputy Barry, and I say, you fucked up. You fucked up when you put your hands on me, and I promise you I'm going to come after you with everything I have and everything I learned in law school. And before I said the last part, I leaned over and looked at his name tag. First I said Barbie, and then I said Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, spelled it out. And then that's when I said, I'm a, I promise you I'm going to come after you with everything I have and everything I learned in law school. And I'm still standing at least eight feet from Deputy Barry at this time. My hands are to my side. My cell phone's in my left hand. My wallet's in my right hand. And now at this point, after I say law school, I'm looking back at Deputy Sutton, who's looking down at her clipboard writing something. Then I hear the pop. And I'm at first I think it's a cap gun. I'm like, oh, I'm capping off at the mouth. He shot a cap gun. That was kind of slick. But then I look over. He rushed me and tackled me. And then he tackled me. And that's when I feel the electric shock. And that's when I realize he just shot me with a taser. Uh, then he tackles me. You know, I dropped my wallet and phone and everything. They handcuffed me super tight. My wrists were hurting for months and I had scars for weeks. Um, and then they arrest me, uh, cite me for Penal Code Section 148A1, which is resisting, delaying, or obstructing an officer in the performance of their duty. Uh and then they, you know, they cite, give me the citation, I sign it, but that's not good enough. They need to embarrass me some more. So instead of just letting me go after signing the citation, they take me up the street to the county jail to book me and process me in the county jail just to release me. Um, and so then I walk back to the courthouse, get my car, and, you know, go on about life. Now, that was January 10th, 2019. And today, here, September 28th, 2020, I'm in trial, actually waiting for the um, jury to deliberate, and it looks like they just took a break. Um, so 
will likely make our uh, our time either that or they have a verdict. Um, so uh, I, I say that to say, um, you know, we're we're here. Uh, hey, did they have a verdict? Okay. All right. Thank you. So yeah, the, the jurors are on the break, so we'll we'll make our our time. So um, yeah, and throughout the pendency of this case, I've um, we filed a motion to suppress the evidence, uh, and that was um, you know the judge ruled that I wasn't seized until I was tased, and since they aren't charging me with anything after I was tased. Uh, that they don't need to suppress anything. And in that same motion, we also petitioned the court to dismiss the case in the interest of justice because there's a case mm. here, uh, People v. Kyorga, and that case says um, that it surely cannot be supposed that Penal Code Section 148, the section I'm charged with, criminalizes a person's failure to respond with alacrity to police orders. And alacrity means cheerful and immediate. Then it goes on to say, moreover, the appellant possesses the right under the First Amendment to dispute an officer's actions. The First Amendment protects a significant amount of verbal criticism and challenge directed at police officers. Indeed, the freedom of individuals verbally to oppose or challenge police action without thereby risking arrest is one of the principal characteristics by which we distinguish a free nation from a police state. And while the police may resent having abusive language directed at them, they may not exercise the awesome power at their disposal to punish individuals for conduct that is not merely lawful but protected by the First Amendment. So based on that case law and based on this entire thing that lasted from the time I walked into the courtroom to the time I was tased, under two and a half minutes, um, based on that and me not saying anything threats of violence or threats of criminal acts, it should have been dismissed because it was well within my First Amendment right to tell the cop he fucked up. Uh, the, the song, this was 2019, and the song Fuck the Police came out in 1988, and that wasn't criminal. Um, but the issue is he shot me with a taser. And so whenever a, a deputy deploys his taser, it needs to be justified or it uh, opens up the county to civil liability. And so what they're doing, what the county is doing through this prosecution is um, uh, using all of the power of the county and state government to try and prosecute me just to protect this officer uh, from, you know, civil liability. And when really it should be criminal liability, he shot me with a taser. People have died from being shot with tasers. And he did that just because he didn't like the words I was saying to him. The cold thing about mm. it, his partner, Deputy Sutton, she testified there was no reason for me to be arrested. There was no reason for me to be tased. And they, they're never trained to put the taser behind their back the way that Deputy Barry did. So what we have, and this is how systematic racism works, you have a black cop yeah. and a black attorney both saying I did nothing to be arrested and I did nothing to be tased. But this one white cop, the entire system, the Board of Supervisors, when they denied my claim against the county, said that it was okay for him to do that. It was justified tasing. The the uh, sheriff's department, they said it was okay for him to do that. It was justified. 
the district attorney's office. They said it was justified because they are actually prosecuting with me. And now the judiciary, the fact that this case got to the jury and, and the the things that they're saying um, uh, that, that this got to a jury, the judge allowed them to list nine different acts out. And the thing about those nine acts, four of those acts are listed against uh, Deputy Sutton. And I'm only charged with delaying or obstructing Deputy Barry. And so uh, when you look at that fact, um, when you look at those nine, the first one, it says defendant ignored three commands given by Deputy Barry to check in with the bailiff. Now that's crazy because that conversation only lasted 10 seconds. And the first time he told me to check in with the bailiff, I turned around and walked to the bailiff. But number two is that the defendant ignores com- ignored commands from Deputy Barry to move to an area beyond the bar. Now, what's unique about uh, that particular scenario is that those two acts were in the same 10 seconds. <laughs> so what they're saying is, since I went to the bailiff and didn't go beyond the bar, that that could be a crime. Or if I would have went beyond the bar and didn't go to the bailiff, then that can be a crime. So the way the judge is allowing this to be set up is that they, she's trying to give a jury opportunity to arrest me at any time for any reason, uh, I mean, to convict me. Yeah. Now, the third one yeah, – Counselor, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna, Counselor, I, I just wanted to uh, – and you could finish. Um, you, you said uh, a lot, and it's profound, and there's a lot of people uh, listening now. A couple of quick things so we can clear up. Um, you you uh, have a card that shows you with the bar, but you're also talking about bar in terms of you can't come in a certain section of the court. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I want to make sure that's yeah, right. It's, it's and a, then it's you're a not in the court. Yeah. Okay. And and you're not talking about your case now in their break. You're talking about a case you're working on. As an attorney today, because I know you're yeah. three hours different, so it's okay. I want to make sure is that you know uh, the one thing I, I want to say, and I, I'm getting a lot of emails and stuff. Uh, it, it, a lot of people, and I agree, what you've gone through, and I want to make sure that we get the prosecutor's information because we want to call and push forth and anything we need to do because this is some bullshit, right? But um, the, you know, the one thing you went through, right, like. Civilians go through um, have been you you just described a lot of what civilians have gone through. Um, going to court, they telling you to go to this place, then go to this place, and this place. You come in, they they look like they trigger happy. They don't want you there. You're a criminal, you know. And the bottom line is, yeah, you didn't. You had African garb or whatever. The bottom line is, it seems as though counselor that you know you black and you're not wearing a suit. Um, it, it was was the start, and I heard what one of the things I don't know who said it, but I heard when you said you wanted to see the the um, the clerk, and and they were going back and forth with you. That I believe is that that deputy sheriff Bailey who said, "Well, this is not the social hour for clerks." And had yeah. you said that, and had anybody else said that, that they would have, you know. He would have got all huffy and puffy, and he did because you represent. You are a fucking excuse me, like you are attorney, right? So you shouldn't have been treated like that. You said it several times (laughs) that you're an attorney. Yeah, 
And I use that term, officer of the court, specifically to put them on notice. Like, okay, the common person, uh, the the lay per, legal lay persons don't even really know that attorneys are officers of the court. So I use that terminology to put them on notice. Hey, I'm, this I'm really who I say I am. And that's what people need to understand about this is that it was so far out of their reality that a young black man in African print clothing could actually be an attorney. If they thought it was possible, they would have asked for a bar card or a business card or he wouldn't have pushed me. But he did not think it was possible. And because, and he was wrong. And the thing is, everyone agrees that attorneys have the right to be in the part of the courtroom I was in. The DA spent their whole closing argument arguing that it was a safety issue and they needed to get me back. But I'm actually an attorney. I can actually be there. And that's what I'm actually dealing with. That's why this case is so messed up. And that's why this is a real kangaroo court, meaning that they're not following the rules. The judge allowed... Uh, like Deputy Sutton, um, when when the court clerk, Deputy Sutton testified, the court clerk sets the rules of the court. And when she interviewed her and asked her why that sign was up, the court clerk said it was for the defendant. Now, the judge allowed Deputy Sutton to testify that it was her opinion. That's hearsay. It's it's you're not an expert. It's not relevant what you think, whether she misspoke or not. And when my attorneys objected, the judge allowed it. But when I was testifying, which I should have never had to testify because the prosecution never proved their case to the slightest bit, um, but when I was testifying and I was looking to explain things, the judge stopped me at least a dozen times telling me that I couldn't testify the same way she had let all of the prosecution witnesses testify. So everything she's doing this this judge, Mary Fuller, is is to actually try and get me prosecuted. And the unique thing about this is we were supposed to start trial August 4th. They called us, told us, don't come, come on the 11th. We come on the 11th, they say, come back on the 17th. Come back on the 17th, they say, come back on the 21st, then the 23rd, uh, then like the 30th. And um, then we ultimately started uh uh, we, we came back like six or seven times, and then uh, last week or the week before last, we were supposed to start, and they said, no, uh, we got sent to a judge, and that judge recused himself but didn't give any reason why he recused himself. So it seems like the whole system just converged on me, and they're changing the rules. They're changing the goalposts uh, just for me. Like if I'm a citizen – and I have rights under the First Amendment to say fuck the police, to say that I'm going to come after you with everything I learned in law school, how could I commit a crime? And what's on right. top of that, four, four out of, like I said, four out of the nine uh, acts that they allege I did are against Deputy Sutton. So in theory, the jury, because the jury has to agree unanimously on each act. So in theory, a jury could convict me for delaying, uh, of, of obstructing or delaying Deputy Barry following Deputy Sutton's command. Like, that's how ridiculous mm. this is. But this is what I'm actually facing. And now that the jury has been deliberating for over two hours, it's like, 
Well, you know, they somebody in there think have has voted guilty at this point. Yeah. Is you know, uh, with, with talking with uh, Jaya, a person, Linda Squire, criminal defense attorney, you, you're here, and if you're just joining us, Taze in court. Um, I, I have to, to ask you a couple of things to get you to comment on a couple of things. Number one, yeah. you bring up, I don't call it justice because I'm, I'm with you, bro. There's no ju- so it's the criminal um, it's not the criminal justice system. It's the criminal system. Yeah. This is some bullshit, yeah, right? And, and listen, you, you, right? The penal system. So they not only they wanted to convict you when they and when they arrest you, you sign out, right? They want to take you. They want to, like you said, ridicule you and take you to the jail, put you in the clothes and stuff like that. To, to add to it, this boy, how dare you speak up? They, they, the fact is, you didn't. Ask, the fact that you didn't acquiesce. Is is part of the reason why Bailey had had issues with it. He's sticking his chest out, ready to tase you. The other part of it is, you. I mean, where do we need? How far? How freaking far do we need to be in the system to get any kind of respect? You're a freaking attorney, right? You're an officer yeah. in court, and you going through that. And then the other part of it is, too. I, I think you would understand that the fact that the the, the 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 law enforcement and the prosecutors work together, white at least, right? So they no billing everything, yeah. no billing all these yeah. these cats, these white boys, no billing all yeah. of it. So speak to that because that's the that's a huge issue. The brothers trying to do the right thing, they just ignoring that, but they want they want yeah. to listen to the, the white sheriffs and the, and Bailey and everything else. And you said no billing was I'm not familiar with that term. Well, in terms, in terms of like, if it's a, you know, in in this climate now, you know, law enforcement killing us on the street, prosecutors, you see in Kentucky with Breonna Taylor, they no billing these guys, they they letting them go, oh, basically and, telling, and even in your prosecute, yeah, yeah, okay, right, yeah. And, and, and that's, and that's clear, yeah, and in your in your case, same thing, they they yeah. want to prosecute and, you, they gonna listen to white guy instead of everybody else. Yeah, and what's unique about that, I I had a case where I represent a young man um, who uh, was in a he was in a room uh, in a classroom with a uh, teacher, and in that classroom uh, 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 with the teacher, the teacher like body slammed the kid or something, and the TA that was in there. Called and said, uh, "Hey man, this teacher body slammed this kid. They, you know, they're all mandatory reporters. The police came, arrested the teacher, uh, cited her, and then came back. Um, this same DA's office that's prosecuting me declined to prosecute that teacher. So that's a five-year-old mm. black boy that they're trying to protect, and I'm a 37-year-old black man that they're trying to protect." And this cop actually, he, he claims he tased me due to self-defense, but I'm not charged with assault on an officer. I'm not charged with threatening an officer. I'm charged with obstructing or delaying an officer. So there's no way you can righteously say you were defending yourself from me obstructing. Like, it's ridiculous. And they, they even had the, the last count is that I... Uh, I threatened physical violence against this officer. It's, but you hear it. 
I said, I'm coming after you with everything I want to do. But the judge is allowing the jury to decide on this, just hoping. And the other thing about that, out of the 24 jurors that were in the panel, none of them were black. About six of them were Asian. Now, in Rancho Cucamonga, where it is, it's 9% black and 10% Asian. So how do we get six Asians and no blacks? That's why I, it's, this is way deeper than just me. You see what I'm saying? They right. All, as we, yeah, as we've been out to lunch over here, um, we've seen black people all around Rancho Cucamonga. It's, it's all kind of black people here, but none of them seem to make my jury. And it's just, uh, you know, it's just disheartening. But one thing, I, uh, like uh, when I post about it on social media, I'm linking Lawyer LA on Instagram. Um, a lot of people say the system is broken. And what I want them to know is that the system is working exactly the way it was meant to work. When the Declaration of Independence was drafted July 4th and signed July 4th, 1776, three out of the five men credited with writing the words, all men are created equal, held slaves at the time that they wrote those words, which means at the foundation of this nation, black people, descendants of enslaved Africans in America, are less than, and that has never changed. If that wasn't enough, you had the Constitution eight years later when it was finally ratified by all the states that said we were three-fifths of a person. If that wasn't enough, uh, about 80 years later, you had the Dred Scott decision that said uh, mm. uh, uh, a black man has no rights that a white man is bound to respect. So this is an actual – so this is the lineage. This is what we actually have as the foundation of this nation. And so, like when South Africa said, they changed and they gave up apartheid, they got a new flag, they got a new constitution, they got a new national anthem. America, we have the same flag, same constitution, same national anthem. Since slavery, the, the changes have not come. And as long as the Declaration of Independence is the founding document of this nation forever, our people will be less than and so that's what people need to understand when they're out celebrating the 4th of right. July. You are celebrating yeah. your inferiority as black people, and that's what we have, and that's why the system is working exactly the way it's, it's supposed to work because if I did have rights that they say I'm supposed to have because I'm born here under the Fourth Amendment, 14th Amendment, if I actually had those rights, I wouldn't be facing this offense, this point-blank period. But... Two comments real quick, uh, Counselor. Uh, someone said uh, that how can you expect justice in a court that operates for profit, number one. Um, and then number two, uh, when you, you look at this, this system, as you, you eloquently uh, uh, pointed out in terms of the these um, inadequacies and this injustices that, that, that take place, um, when, when you 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 look at that, what what can uh, you know folks do uh, in, in this type of system? And then I just got an email from someone who said they saw the video. And here's where I think this is a self hate gene. Someone said they saw the video, and you you know you shouldn't have acted out and you shouldn't have said what you said. You see what I'm saying? De- de- deflection, see, like but, but it's like you supposed to act weird. Yeah, and with people that say that, they don't realize that I had already told them I was an attorney. I had already pulled out my wallet, and then I got pushed. Those same people that say that 
they're, what they're saying is, of course, after I've proven I have a right to be somewhere, I'm okay with them pushing me out. That's what they're saying when mm-hmm. they say that. I'm okay with being pushed out of my space. Um, and I don't think they're okay with that. Uh, I don't think they would accept that at all. Uh, but that's what they're saying when, when they say those kinds of things. And as far as justice, I mean, I don't think, we can expect justice. I, I think of all the people in the world's history um, that we know their story, I, I think blacks in America, descendants of enslaved Africans in America, are most likened to the Israelites in the Bible. And the thing about that mm. is the Israelites, most people forget, before they left, they apparently got freed in Egypt, and they tried to stay and live amongst the Egyptians as equals. But Pharaoh kept messing with them. The plagues came down. Pharaoh kept messing with them. So the only thing that got uh, them to get Pharaoh off their backs was the exodus. And now that mm. I'm, I'm of the belief that that's what it takes because what we're trying to do in this country, have the, descend, the, the descendants of enslavers of enslavers live harmoniously and equally with the descendants of the enslaved. It has never happened in the history of the world. So what we're trying to do is unprecedented. And part of the reason it's unprecedented is because it's just too difficult to do. People don't give up power. And so I'm not sure that we can do anything in this nation to live as respected human beings. So I'm of the mindset that, you know, exodus is, is likely what's necessary for us. And, you know, nobody will give Marcus Garvey any credit, right, because he wasn't – he believed that. You know, you don't want us here. You know, the, the brother Malcolm was like, okay, we can't go to your banks. We make our own bank. You know, we do our own thing. Uh, and then when, when, they, when they kill us and, and our so-called leaders uh, or leaders like a Dr. King, right, they want to quote him after he when, when he's gone, right? So Breonna Taylor, they want to say no, no violence, no violence. But they killing that's violence. But we no violence with us, right? No violence. We put our hands up at the top and we keep our hands down. Um, let me uh, and, and, and they still kill us. Let me just get that prosecutor information. Oh yeah, the, the the DA of San Bernardino County. His name is Jason Anderson. A uh, common okay. spelling of both J A S O N A N D E R S O N, and the D A that mm-hmm. is actually prosecuting the case is a Latina woman named Jana Burrell. That's her maiden name. Her, uh, uh, well, that's her married name. Her maiden name is Jana Santiago, and um, uh, the reason. Uh, and and I say that she's married to a black man. So this is how you know it's the system and not the faces, because this Latino woman is uh, is is happily prosecuting a black man for exercising his First Amendment rights. Now look, they just called me in the court. I guess the jury had a question, so I got to run in. But uh, man, just okay. thank you for the time allowing me to express myself. Absolutely. We gotta get I'm gonna get that information out on the air. And listen, you be well, be safe, and, and we're gonna we're gonna be pushing this thing for you, sir. Thank you so much for your time. All right, thank you. Take care. 
that was, of course, uh, if you just join us, that uh, was uh, J.A. Person Lynn Esquire, criminal defense and civil rights attorney. Um, if you have not seen the video, he was tased. He's a black attorney that went in there. He was uh, checking in so he can uh, represent a client of his, and it just escalated. Merely for the fact that he was black and he wasn't in a suit, he he, he mentioned that and some other factors that go on into and uh, obviously, um, but and I uh, Mike, I see you. I'm going to get to you. I promise you. Uh, but the, the 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 bottom line is this, folks. Just think about this, Pad Nation. Think about this. He is an attorney. He is in the system, right? He's working in his. He's an officer of these courts, and he can't get just. He got tased. So imagine what we we we're getting in the courts, out of the courts, under the courts, and everything else. He's a black attorney working in the system. In a black city, by the way, he said, right? And he still is not getting the justice and the equality and the respect, and that's what it comes down to, of just normal civilians like us. And he, he talked about how, and I'm going to go to break and get the mic. It, he talked about how he went there and everything escalated. He got tased. He, he they told him to go to the uh, clerk's office, then go here and go there. He did everything they asked him to do. And there's a lot of us that are not attorneys that do the same thing. Um, and I can speak for family members and people that that gone through that kind of thing and, and being ridiculed, you know, for something simple and put in those jumpsuits. They did that to him. He's an officer of the court. Officer of the court. He's not just somebody. He works within the system. If, if they, if someone needed a uh, uh, a public defender, and I believe he worked in the public defender's office, or or they needed someone to represent, they can pay, you know, for a an uh, an attorney they get court appointed. If my my understanding, you know, then they appoint him, and it's a rotating basis. He's he works within the system, and he got tased. Wake up, Black America! Stop! Stop with the self-hate genes. Listen, at this point, you on one side. You either on the side of right or you on the other side. There's no middle ground. You can't sit on the sidelines in this climate. They're killing us on the street. We we get stopped. We put our hands up. They kill us. We keep our hands down. They kill us. We give them our information. They kill us. We don't. there's no rhyme or reason. I don't want to hear about well, be, be not be violent. Nobody's condoning that and saying that that you know that's the right thing. But I don't want to hear people saying, well, if he's just as they said that about Rodney King, they was beating the hell out of him. And the jury, the white jury, said, well, if he had just stopped moving, that's what they're saying about this brother. If he had just acquiesced, just say, okay, all right. I'm an officer, but I don't have any rights. I'll just walk away. That'd have been fine. And in some cases, maybe not in his, the you know the black of folks, the Candace Owens, the Charles Barkley idiots. I'm just going all over the place with people. Uh, it, it they say stuff that you know you know the other side says. Well, your own people say that. You know they don't believe it. 
you know, Breonna Taylor is not the same as George Floyd because, you know, uh, her boyfriend shot. Excuses, just like the black folks are saying this guy was out of hand. Well, he shouldn't have used the F-bomb and all this other stupid shit. Makes no sense. Makes absolute no sense. These are black attorneys, man. They're not just walking in the court. And he getting tased. I mean, damn. (laughs) I'm laughing because it's stupid. It's, It's sad. Like, he getting tased. He's an attorney. So imagine what the hell we gonna go through. They gonna put us under the damn jail. We damn sure guilty. If we ain't attorneys, at least he's got representation. He knows the law. You heard it. At least he's got that on his side. But he's still facing an insurmountable criminal system. I didn't use justice. A system that doesn't care what you look like, Michael Jordan. They don't care. You still a nigger. Don't matter. Take a break. Come back. Get Mike Patton on the line on the Bachelor News Radio Show. Baby 
um, uh, I was talking and you probably didn't hear me, but basically, um, basically speaking, you had a black attorney in this situation, and by the way, has been convicted of of this crime. I'm assuming it's a misdemeanor. I haven't talked to him since uh, he came out of court. Um, but of a black attorney, an attorney meaning court of law, right? He, so he is a officer of the court, can't get justice. What in the ham sandwich can we get? Well, L.A., you know, it's always something. One of my first questions is uh, nobody recognized him as an attorney. Yeah, he walked in, so he had African garb on, Doc. So I, I guess they assumed since he had African garb on that he wasn't an attorney, um, but, which is no excuse at all. Yeah, but th- does that change your appearance, your facial features? Not at all. And I would assume he has practiced in that courtroom before. So uh, he he practiced. Um, it was um, outside of L.A. And he was representing one of his uh, um, folks that, that he was in court for. But the bottom line is that he was there following the procedures. Like they told him, okay, you need to go here, you need to go there. He went to uh, check in with the clerk, which, again, is a standard practice for attorneys, period, across the board. And they were basically telling him that, you know, you need to stand down. Like, we don't know who you are, and we don't know you who you are, and you in black is two different things, though, Doc. And that, that's what he kind of got, you know. Um, so essentially would, it, 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 go ahead. I would be curious as to what the charges were against his client. And I asked that because was this a part of something bigger? If they mess with the lawyer that the client would not get adequate representation and get lost in the system. Right. Well, the the what I what he explained on the air to all of us, and some folks can't hear me, so I'm going to make an adjustment here. But um, what he explained basically was that he was there representing his client. Um, he gave the information to the clerk, uh, and so that once he gave the case number, that should have been sufficient. You think, right? Um, But instead, unless there was a conspiracy against the client, and and I don't know, he didn't, he didn't um, uh, allude to that. But what he did say um, that he um, got there, and it was just sort of a kangaroo court. So again. Even, Doc, like you said, um, it, it could be a conspiracy. That's a whole different conversation. We'll have him on. But he was convicted, and so now um, he's got to go through um, this process 
of dealing with this. Um, he even said in in the case that, you know, uh, they had already given him a citation, Doc, yet they they booked him. Like, they put him down in the, in the cells and, and all that. He got a citation. When you get the citation, all right, we'll see you in court. They gave him the citation, but they wouldn't let him go. So he went there, and I, I'm a, I think is what he had said, um, that they dressed him down, like in the orange suits or whatever the case may be. So the humiliation part was there, all because, Doc, he went in there and wouldn't acquiesce. They they, they didn't ask, and, and when you look at the tape, you know, it wasn't anybody black coming through there, but certainly they it wasn't a case where he was coming in looking like he was trying to rob the place. Like he already had extended, he already, matter of fact, he said, I told them I'm an officer of the court just in case, A, they didn't understand what that meant, or B, they just thought, he just said he was an attorney, he could say that. He said he was an officer of the court, which holds weight if you're a, a bailiff or a sheriff or anybody in the court system understands that. And of course, you know, having been, been in the court, for his ticket or whatever the case may be, you you know only you know uh, in some cases um, attorneys have leeway or not, but they all are allowed to approach the clerk to say, "Hey, I'm here. This is my client. Here's the case number." They didn't even let him do that, and ultimately he got tased. You know. Well, the the only other scenario I see is they were trying to make an example of him wearing his African garb. Do not wear that in this court. Right. And I think that's what it was. And I, and I think it stunned them like, well, you can't be. And if you listen, well, you didn't get a chance, uh, but we, we played the tape. Um, the tape says that the, the lady is saying, um, who are you? You know, what are you here for? Who's your client? And he gave the client number, like the case number. He gave all that. Who are you? Where are you from? Like, but if he came in in some normal geeky suit, he probably still would have had the same problem, um, but it wouldn't have been, you know, on the basis of African garb and, and everything else. But it, it really speaks, Doc, to me that the fact that they don't accept our culture, number one, um, and number two, uh, they uh, make us feel like uh, no matter if you're an attorney or not, you, you're going to be scrutinized. Again, the bailiff or the sheriff said to him, to him that this is not the uh, clerk social hour. Again, you, you maybe didn't catch it when you were um, – on the line, but this, the, the the sheriff actually said, because he said, I'm here to see the clerk, and they were going back and forth, and the sheriff said, this is not the clerk's social hour. Had we said that, had he said that, it would have been even worse. But, you know, white sheriffs are uh, okay, it's okay for them to say, you know, sarcastic things and get away with it. But the, the other part of it is, too, when you, I'll send you the video, is that they took him outside the courtroom. You can still hear everything going on. But they tased him there. They tased him there 
So it wasn't on film. You can't see him resisting. You can't see anything. You can hear him saying whatever, and you can hear the tasing going on. So it's just it's a lot of uh, uh, stuff that's going on racially, it sounds, um, uh, Dr. Bell. And, and, you know, respectfully, I'll send you the video. You can see it. But, I mean, this brother has no reason to lie. And I listened and watched the tape, and I don't have a reason to lie. So it, it was there. Um, well, you know, and it's evident. LA, what I would do is set up a sting. I would send other attorneys in there in African garb and see how they are treated. Yeah. Yep. Um, and and he that, to lay a case that this is cultural intimidation. Right. But I think the overall picture is that we always have to prove ourselves. He didn't go in there and they said, well, you need to um, go outside and do this and do that. Again, there's some factors in the the YouTube that if, if folks haven't seen it. But he didn't – he followed what they said. You need to go here to this bailiff and do this and check in. He did everything. Again, it's it's all on the tape. But because he got upset because he was a black officer at the court, that set everything off. He's like, how dare you? Like, I'm I'm an officer of the court just like, you know, the white uh, attorney. And that just set them off. Like, you know, you need to leave. The lady said you need to get out of the courtroom. She literally kicked him out of the courtroom. Um, and, I, you know, I, I can see – Someone being upset, uh, maybe he didn't have his moment, right, like I have, but he got his moment now, and now it, if he wasn't on along those lines of thinking, he certainly should be. Speaking of race, um, we're talking about Dr. Lee Bell here, uh, of course, community activist, motivational speaker, media personality here on the Bastard News Radio Show, on the Bastard News Radio Network. The, the, Dr. Bell um, I don't even want to talk about the actual debate because we know it wasn't. And and we know it's Captain Obvious. Like, we already was there with the guy occupying the White House. So welcome to the party, America. Like, we already, all, was already there. But I, I think what needs to be said is that mainstream media and Democrats and Republicans are trying to, to me, stir up something that we've already knew about this guy, that he will never denounce white supremacy. You can't do that, Doc, if you're a racist. If you're a white supremacist, why would you say anything against white supremacists? It, 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 but I think one of the concerns I have, Doc, is that, People are not acknowledging that, number one. And number two, they're not seeing the forest for the trees. He's purposely doing this. He wants those, quote-unquote, so-called um, disinterested people who don't want to vote and think it's a joke and, oh, my God, see, if this is what it's about, I'm not going to deal with it. Sort of like people who don't want to go to church. If church is about bashing me and making me feel bad, I'm not going. So I think it was deliberate for what he did. 
he did that on purpose because he wants people to say, you know what, if if voting and politics is like this, I'll just stay home. How much of it you do you believe? And what about the mainstream trying to hype the race thing up when we already knew again he's a racist anyway? He's a bigot and a and everything under the sun. We knew that. Welcome to the party. We got that information from the lawyer, Mr. Cohen, his sister, who was a federal judge, and his niece. We got that information from those three individuals as well as others, but we have seen him in action before. Maya Angelou says when you when someone tells you or shows you who they are, believe them. Right. And he was on full display in his grandeur. And not only was he trying to turn people off, but he's also trying to distract from the fact that he has no policies to address the issues that were being discussed. He's like the kid in the schoolroom who can't read, so I will disrupt. The educational process so nobody knows and it's a shame that he is still in the running for president of these United States that debacle that night should have disqualified him the people he should be addressing in that manner, if there is ever such a time, it would be to Putin, little Kim, and some of the other dictators around the world. <laughs> but but he, has shown, he has shown he will bully old white folks. Right. And by that, I mean Mr. Biden and Hillary Clinton and the multitude of others that he has disrespected. I, I guess, Doc, I have to go back to something that you and I have talked about. You're just joining us. we we'll talk with Dr. Lee Bell, a, a well-respected media personality, community activist, and uh, a motivational uh, a speaker in Flint, Michigan, dealing with the Flint water crisis, a part of the people's uh, poor campaign. Uh, if we already talked about this before, Doc. The fact is that um, poor whites will seem to vote for their own against their own self-interest. This guy is not one of you, folks. Black people, we we can spend that all day. Like, why are you even Candace Owing and Charles Barkley and all those people in in a minute? But I don't get white folks um, that are poor in Flint, in New Haven, Connecticut, where I'm there, wherever, Durham, wherever, that don't, that you just as bad off as we are. Why are you voting for him? He's never sweated anything, Doc. We know that. Never sweated anything. He, In fact, he said he's smart 
when he only has to pay a little bit of taxes, $750. I know for a fact for me, I paid a hell of a lot more than $750 in taxes. And so, but he's smart to do that. So I'm asking you a question you already answered. I guess what I'm asking you now is, is after all of that and everything we, you know, all the taxes, New York Times have put out everything, are they, are, are white poor people, uh, marginalized white people, are are they still going to vote for this guy at this point? He showed who he was. The, the racist people are going to be racist, but those who think that he's one of them and are falling be, be, because of the, the banana and the tailpipe, are they going to get it at this point? Well, they're going to get it. All they have to do is bend over. Oh. I believe it. Ooh. LA, I believe what's happening is they will continue to vote for him, <laughs> strictly hoping that they can maintain their white privilege. Mm. If he gets his way and gets his nominee on the court, and that person is on the court for, let's say, 25, 30 years, he has turned back the clock sufficiently in addition to the other judges that he has appointed, I believe it's about 200. So the 240 people, almost, yeah. Yeah, so the poor white people who are unconscionable will continue to vote for him, believing that he will make that white privilege alive, well, and operational for them. Again, this is not an election for the soul of this country, but it's an election for the control of this country. Yeah, you know, I think I think the only it, go ahead, and and I think the, the the other part of that show, and you know, I think it's really hard. I've heard people saying, well. Biden should have did this. Biden, either he gonna punch him in the grill, right, and swing, and and get down and dirty with him, or he's gonna try to do that. So, in respect to Biden, I, I think, and maybe people don't agree. You know, again, you either gonna react to this dude, or you are gonna try to overtalk him. It's hard to overtalk him if he if he you know, went down and dirty, they would have criticized him. My point is is that so he didn't Biden didn't get everything out, but with that being said, he didn't bring anything in anyway. And I think a couple of things that that are very dangerous for him, uh, Doctor Bell, is A, he said, I'm the Democratic Party now. Number one. Number two is I am not a socialist like Bernie, Trump brought up Bernie. He responded to that. So we've seen under Hillary that people are not engaged and they're not excited because of her back in 2016. Uh, should Democrats and people who want that guy out of the White House be concerned of those statements that Biden didn't make and the fact that, um, as I mentioned, it seems as though the guy occupying the White House wants these debates so he can say these reckless things, he believes them, for people 
that typically don't vote young people that, you know what, man, I, these dudes, I can't, I don't know anything. I'm just, I got my studies. I'm trying to be a nurse or a doctor or whatever. I ain't got time to, to vote. And I'll catch the, you know, 2024, 2022. Is that a concern at this point? I believe it really should be a great concern at this point. You mentioned that he tried to distance himself from AOC, from the Green Deal, and other, I think, strong Democratic tenants. And he's turning those people off as he throws them under the bus. At least it appears he's throwing them under the bus. So what Trump is doing is being very strategic, tearing down Biden's quote-unquote unified party. I mean, he is the Democratic Party right now. We all know that. Right now, at this time in history, I think that kind of arrogant to say, though. I think that turned off some Democrats when he said, "I am." You know, we "I am." Then you, you are you as good or worse as Trump if you're going to go, "I am the Democratic Party." Uh, it's, it's, you're not like the, the Democratic Party. I, I understand what you're saying, but the Democratic Party is supposed to be this umbrella. If you can go, "I am," right? Are you Lord? I mean that that's I thought I thought was a bad look for him. I think it was a classist statement. Okay. You know, but I am concerned about the Democratic ticket, the campaign that they're waging. Joe Biden was in Michigan about three weeks ago. He goes to the suburbs, the Trump country. His wife was here last week. She went to the Republican stronghold of Grand Rapids, where our education secretary is from. Joe Mm. Biden will be here again tomorrow. Well, he'll be here again tomorrow, and he's going to the same area where his wife was last week. They're not getting down to the areas where they need to be touching flesh with the people in the community who are on the ropes as far as going to vote. Right now, a lot of them are thinking, well, I'm not going to vote. You know, I'm not moved. So why are the Democrats putting all of their eggs trying to woo Republicans when their base is not necessarily on board. Kamala Harris was here last week. She came and made some secret stops. There was not a rally. She snuck into town and visited a couple businesses. Mm. She was here for a couple of hours, then she went to Detroit. They're not putting in the needed work to win this election, in my opinion. And you would think you, know, that you would think at this time ahead. that they would really try to solidify the Democratic voting base. 
You know, there's two things you bring up. We're talking with Dr. Lee Bell here on the Bastion News Radio Show on the Bastion News Radio Network. Doc, before you go, there's a couple of things you mentioned. Kamala Harris is in, in both. First of all, um, I'll, well, I'll say one of them uh, second. But the first one is when you look at where they're going, and you bring up a great point, you know, this this way that they, <clears throat> excuse me, go, and they go to the suburbs where they go to um, the urban areas. You know, Doc, you is about as black as you can get, right, and flat. But there is a there's a there's a a notion, a a feeling that the cold word of battleground means white. Now they talking about Michigan where you live. That's your state. They ain't talking about Flint. They talk about battleground suburbs, like you said. So I need you to speak to that, Pennsylvania. You know, Philly is really the only, you know, the saying is, you know, Pennsylvania is white and uh, what is it, Philly and Pittsburgh in between, something like that, right? So Philly's really the only black. Then you go to a certain place like that. But battleground to a lot of us means White. We need to go to these battleground states and bring white people. Listen, white folks, they ain't coming back to the Democratic Party. They going Republican. They don't want Biden. They may even plug their nose to Biden, but they don't want Democratic uh, policies. So why the, the Democratic Party continues to go after it, I don't know. That's one point. Second point is Kamala Harris. The fact that we had Shirley Chisholm, right, who people forget. They want to give Harris all the – that she gives the credit. She's giving the credit to Shirley Chisholm, to her credit, but the media wants to go to Hillary Clinton. Harris is going to take it to the next level. They, they forgot about Shirley Chisholm. But is a, there's a segment of people out there that I talk to, Doc, on the real, that put Harris in the Obama spot, that they not black enough, not black in skin, not even black in ethnicity, but not black in the sense that they're either compromised based on their ethnic mix. And this is real talk. I'm giving it to you, their ethnic mix. And so they can't be black enough through the black agenda if they got some other parts to their history if that makes sense. Speak to that, because there are some people out there say, you know what, yeah, she looks like us, but her policies don't make it because she's acceptable to the Democratic Party. Her husband is white. She's fair-skinned. You know, she speaks well. They said the same stuff about Barack, right? And he married a, a full-blend sister soul, but the same thing. So speak to those things, because... That's a debate amongst some folks um, that take issue or say, you know what, you're ridiculous as it relates to her. L.A., for me, that was one of the driving reasons I wanted to set my eyes on Kamala. Right. All of the things you said previous, I'm hearing in the streets. You know, they'll look at her record as a prosecutor and, you know, married to a white guy. And she's in the halls of the Senate. 
does she relate to me? And the question comes back, we don't know, because we have not seen her in such a way that we know that she's down, if I can use that terminology. That's right, but 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 she's, but they compare her to Barack, and you know, D, the the Doctor Bell, Barack, at least for me, you and I have always talked about he he continued the drone uh, policies of the Bush administration, killing Gaddafi and other people, right? Um, he didn't go far enough for universal health care, so this is you know because people say you know what. If he was all black, I'm just keeping it 100, Pat Nation, if he was all black, he might be all in the policies relating to black. But he's not, so he couldn't and wouldn't and didn't want to go far enough. So they're saying the same thing about her. Well, what we need to remember about Barack is that he was in a position of power. He did not have power. and other leaders in the Congress and Senate verbally berated him. It was a reminder, boy, you might be in the presidency seat, but you still black. And most people who are not connected to politics don't understand the political game you have to play to get to some of those seats of power. Mm. Now, for me, for Kamala, she has some items in her history that could win her over as far as the hip-hop generation. Early on, while she was running for president, White folk questioned her authenticity. She said, you know, she was experimenting with the cannabis and that she listened to Tupac and Biggie and everything. And then folks did research and said they didn't have record deals at that time. Mm. They were underground before they got record deals. That's right. To I can me, attest to that. <laughs> to me, if she talked to that element, that in college I was down. You know, I did the cannabis thing. I, I was into hip-hop underground. That would win over some support to her. At least people will say, well, we can relate. She she actually can relate to us in some instance. But, but you right know, Doctor, the the scary thing is, and and T I C. I'm gonna get you in. Uh, the scary thing with her is, um, she's coming across even worse than Barack. Like uh, in layman's terms, I know you was putting it like that, but if she smoked weed, then just say you smoked some weed. Why you gotta attach it to? Biggie and everybody else And don't have your homework in place You smoke weed It really ain't a, a badge of honor, uh, honor You just smoke weed Now if you want to add it to Biggie and everybody Then then you better be able to back it up To your point 
they came back and said, well, you know, well, they weren't really. And I've been, I've been radio, I've, I've known Pac and stuff and selling stuff out of their truck and underground. I've been around them and experienced it. I, and I can attest to it, and people can check that if they want. The point is, is that she can't, don't say you smoked it and you smoked and you was down with them. Just say you smoked it. And if that's good or bad, it is what it is, Doc. But don't try to add to it at this point in these crucial times because they need to win. She can't. Everything's got to be vetted kind of right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it can't be I smoke weed and, yeah, I was power to the people. When you weren't part of the people, on top of the fact that, as you know, Doc, you know, she was putting brothers away left and right. She was doing Bush policies and Reagan policies since she was in office. You can't go that route. You got to be real and let it let the chips fall where they may instead of doing what Democrats tend to do is just paint this picture. And see, that's another part of this ticket. There's a segment of black males who are not coming to the Biden-Harris ticket. They're actually saying right. they're voting Trump. Yeah. So so whatever they can do to relate to the people that they need to get out and vote, they need to be doing that. You know, bring... And that's sad, un- too, Doc, because we don't, as bad as she is, we don't need the brothers voting for Trump. Like that's that's going from from the the I mean that's ridiculous I mean she might be bad but the brother should not and by the way uh, Doc if if the numbers are right his numbers are up like with black males this dude his numbers are up it's not a large number but it's enough to be concerned about and another point you compare Kamala to Barack. Now, Barack let a whole lot of folks out of jail. That's right. So if she could lean that way, she says justice reform, but people who are not listening to her are not thinking about justice reform. We're talking about changing systems. Yeah, and, and that's that's really that's really where the, my final question for you, um, uh, before you go, I've been saying, Doc, and, and I'm sure you understand, that this reform is not about criminal justice, because we ain't seen no justice. So how are you gonna put justice in that terminology? You wanna say criminal reform? You can. But the justice is not there. So what does this team, this Biden team, assuming, hopefully, prayfully, they're not the best, but prayfully they win, they need to do, um, and I say day one, you know, just being a black man, you and I, what do they need to do for criminal reform? Um, and, and, And she being a big part of it, being a prosecutor, What's the first steps they need to do to, to, to make this really serious for 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 all of us that look like us are going to believe that change is going to come in, in, in that manner? 
For me, L.A., I would say that, first of all, Kamala has to convince Joe Biden to legalize federally the marijuana business so that we can put our monies in the bank, but also through that, double down on the social equity piece. We have been prosecuted for cannabis, and I say cannabis because my friend has a whole platform on the business of cannabis. Right. It's about to be a trillion-dollar industry. Many of the brothers and sisters who are currently in jail or who have convictions on the book for selling, using marijuana, those folks need to be able to get into the cannabis business, become entrepreneurs, bring that money back to our communities. Most of these folks have already proved that they can do business, thriving businesses in a lot of instances. So let them get in the marijuana game legally. Former Speaker of the House, John Boehner. Making money left and right. Making money in the cannabis business. That's right. There's a guy who wanted to manage my band back in the day. He got caught up selling three pounds of weed to an undercover officer. He got 40 to 60 years in prison. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. Now, he's still there, but the attorney general of the state of Michigan looked at that case recently and said, with what's going on as far as legalizing marijuana, that man needs to be out. He's done over 25 years, I believe, already. Just some and, weed. Wow. Uh, right now, he might be upper 60s in age. Oh, man. So it's those wow. kind of draconian efforts. We need to see some movement and some changes happening so that members of our community can be not only made whole, but they can be legal players in this game. At least their heart could be made whole because they already broke up the family, Doc, as we know. But, I mean, we, and you would, man, wow, wow. And it's sick. And as it is right now, L.A., if you look at the cannabis business, the threshold to get into the business, lawyers will tell you, basically it takes about a million dollars or more to get a dispensary. Right, and no. and full disclosure, I I know some people, Doc, that approach me and and some investments and stuff. That the money is there. If John Boehner, see, white folks are they jump on it. They won't promote it, but they'll jump on it. John Boehner was probably one of the people who wanted to prosecute these brothers and sisters 
for for weed, and he making money off cannabis. I mean, he can make. I already did the research, like you said, Doc. He's making a crap load of money off that. The same money that he used to send the brothers and sisters to jail. That's the sad Without part about it. Without a doubt. Now, here's a novel concept. Um, we hear that a lot of African Americans and Native Americans were looking for reparations. How can we get reparations? When marijuana comes up in your community as an issue, you can legislate that a piece of the tax money for marijuana can be used to provide reparations for your community. When you're setting up the marijuana business in your community, dollars can be set aside legislatively so that that tax money benefits our community. That's right. And and people need to look at it that way. Um, because, again, you know, Chris Rock said you want to hide some information from us, you put it in a book. Uh, uh, you know, the other side have been doing that all day. We ain't even on stock, let alone cannabis. Um, but it is what it is. Doc, I love you, man. You be careful. I will talk with you next week. I'll talk with you over the weekend, but we will have you back on uh, next week. Thank you so much, man. I, I really appreciate, obviously, being on this long. I really appreciate your, your impact, sir. Well, thank you, L.A., for the opportunity and your support for the city of Flint. And much love to you and the family. Yes, sir. God bless. God bless. Yes, sir. Dr. Lee Bell, he is a motivational speaker, media personality, and community activist. It's right there, folks. He put it out there, and it's right there, man. We need investment. You don't even have to step out on faith on having a business, but you can put that uh, non-discretionary money to the side. And do the, these two, the other side, I call them, they've been doing that stuff want to say something else for quite some time we need to get in it and 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 the criminal reform notice i say justice is a big thing we need to make sure that we push not just the orangutan that's occupying the white house but the old dude that we hope and the sister that's going to be in the office to do the right thing i have got to get tony t mac mcclain on the line he's my brother my friend I want to talk baseball, some other things with him as it relates to black folks. I'm going to do that in about 30 seconds. T, appreciate you, man. This is the Bachelor News Radio Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network. WCOM, Chapel Hill, Carver.
Welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us. Six four six nine two nine zero one three zero. The number to get in touch with us. Press one to get on the line. You miss any part of this broadcast? Make sure you go to our website, the Bachelor News Radio, uh, the Bachelor News Radio Show that uh, airtime dot pro, the Bachelor News dot airtime dot pro. Uh, that will be changing soon. We'll be broadcasting that. Uh, fairly soon, but we thank you for joining us. Back to phones, a long, long time friend. He's pretty old, but he's a long time friend, and of course he's BSN Newsroom uh, 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 editor and uh, a, a great sports and baseball person. He's Tony T. Matt McLean. Matt, what's shaking, man? How's it going? Good, man. Listen, I want to get to the baseball side of things. Um, in terms of uh, the wild card, uh, you know, you're, you're one of those guys I, I respect that you say, listen, we haven't seen enough games. We haven't seen this. And we both said, you know, this is going to collapse. As in, right? And they've already made some adjustments where the wild cards are going to play, if it's in Texas and different places. But assess this extra team. I thought it's been pretty good. I thought it's been pretty um, different outside of the teams that the, the Tampas and the Dodgers so far, Yankees so far. The other series, the Reds had a chance to win. The Braves won 13. I thought it's been rather exciting considering what they've been going through. Um, you already got people wanting them to uh, reseed uh, after the first round. So I, right. I think – that that's that's the thing there. Look, it's it's the fact that they got this far and they're still playing, you know, speaks speaks a lot when you consider how um how this whole thing got started. But yeah, it's been you know they should have been doing the two out of three for the wild card anyway instead of doing the one game. I feel I, I think a lot of people have been you know bigger and plus. It's it's given them uh, a forum because right now you have day games. You have you know basically you had eight games yesterday. You had four uh, day one. You, you know got five. You have basically four of the five have been played. Well, four of the five scheduled the uh, the Marlins and Cubs were uh, postponed and. They'll play that one tomorrow, either tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow night, depending on what happens with the two other NL games. But, you know, today was almost like moving day because, um, you know, the Braves Braves sent the Reds home. Uh, the A's sent the White Sox home. Uh, the Cardinals are up 4 nothing early on against the Padres. And, of course, the, Giant, uh, the um, Dodgers will play the um, Brewers tonight with um, Kershaw on the mound. So, Conceivably, the first round, the, 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 conceivably the wild card could be over by tomorrow afternoon. But you know the the, the one thing that see I think is really exciting and different. Number one, 
were they well, it, it, explain to me were they going to you don't have to answer right now but were they going to do the additional wild card before COVID or after and then the second part of this is if you look at those teams like the Reds the Reds had the Braves on the ropes they 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 blew runners in scoring position I watched that game in the first I think in the second definitely in the seventh the seventh was huge they had the Braves on the on the ropes um uh, you look at the Cubs situations. I mean, the Marlins just uh, typically going into the to, to, to today. They don't lose playoffs. They either don't make the playoffs or they win the World Series. You have the yeah. Yankees, right? And then you have the Yankees. Um, that series, I'm not just saying, but like uh, uh, when you look at Cleveland, Cleveland Yankees couldn't hold the lead. It was just to the the extra inning that they won the game two. Tampa looks like Tampa. The Dodgers look like the Dodgers. Um, the Astros. I mean, so it's a lot of exciting stuff, but is this something that they should have jumped on before COVID-19? Is this what they were working on, or there they was, adjusted it? They were, well, there was always talk about making the one-game playoff of, of two out of three. That was, that was, that, that's been talked about for a little while. The eight teams this year was was strictly to make to this this was this was COVID related. They were this was them trying to uh, recoup whatever money that they could okay. um, in, in 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 regards to this. So in that vein, that's why will they keep it for next year? They should, I think. I'll, I mean, to, Toronto. I thought Toronto was going to beat Tampa. I thought they had the bats to beat Tampa. That didn't well, happen, was, but I thought they would. Going into it, there were there were you know I picked the White Sox to go all the way, so I'm looking like a fool. yeah right. That's the other thing. I thought the White Sox. I've been picking the White Sox for the last freaking three years, so yeah. I thought I thought they would get knocked out the first wild card. The one good thing that you had this year that you hadn't had, you had a lot of there were a lot of stories and a lot of you know first time not so much first time but. Teams we had, I mean, we haven't seen the Reds in the playoffs, and the Padres right. and the Blues. Oh my God! We had there were, there were teams there that literally had to reintroduce themselves to to all of baseball. Who are these guys? Literally. But but guess what, T? The Reds play well down the stretch to get there. That's well, the thing. Like if you get that extra spot, then they play even harder. It seems to get there. Maybe they don't win, but they get there. This was this was like you know I've said this a bunch of times. This was like an this has an NCAA tournament feel to it because mm-hmm. you had you know you had some new teams you had the blue bloods and, and and what have you and for the most part you know the chalk you know it's it, it's gone towards chalk now. Right. Marlins now now the Marlins may have something to say about that. Tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow night. He's still Martinez hurt though. I, I heard he's Martinez hurt though, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. But, but, but yeah, it's but see, it's 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 but see, even with that, you know, teams have been playing. You know, you got to remember, there's a lot of teams that are playing without. You know, the Braves, the Braves, basically the the backbone of their pitching staff was was hurt right from the beginning of the year, and they not only won the division, but they finally won uh, a postseason uh, thing now. 
and now and think about and think about and think about the Brewers. They they've been decimated pitching wise, like decimated. So if they do anything at this point, like if they've been really hit, it would be a great story. Like it, they don't even have a pitching staff. Yeah, well they'll they'll the. I I I I think they'll go you know this way about one let's see this game starts at ten probably about 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 twelve thirty one o'clock tonight the Brewers will be going back home I think I I just think the Dodgers mm. over because the because see the Dodgers you know this is winter bust this year for the Dodgers it's winter bust now and it's a great great point because the, the announcer was saying that the eight time. Uh, division West. Divi- okay, so they the eight-time National League West Division. What's that mean? The eight-time National well, West. They not. Yeah, they win the pennant. They won the yeah. division. Well, <laughs> so. they, you know, they've gotten to. You know, this group has been to maybe not this exact group, but the, the core of this group has been the two World Series, and they and and they lost it. So this is. I don't think they'll break up the entire team. If they don't get to, if they don't win the World Series this year, I think at the worst, uh, Dave Roberts will join Doc Rivers on the um, sidelines for LA uh, fired coaches if 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 they, right. if they don't win it. But I mean, by all rights, you know, if everything goes as is, I think the, Car- the the Cardinals will be waiting for them. And you know, the Car- you know, the Cardinals are basically the the uh, the, the old San Antonio Spurs. In, right. They, That's know, right. They, they never. They you know, every time you think that they're done, they're there. And although the I guess the difference is, uh, the Spurs always have pop. The Cardinals are just the Cardinals. Like they always freaking are there. They're always well, there, T. Well, it don't matter the manager, the Russo, whoever. They they're won, just there. They won, they won with Larusa. They, right. they did get there with Matheny, although he didn't stay there as long, and they're winning now with uh, Mike Shields. So yeah, right. It's 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 good, but see, that's that level. Like I said, that's why I give them their due as the Spurs because they're just like death taxes in the Spurs and Cardinals making the playoffs. You know, it's it's it's, it's they're they're always they may not win every year, but. They will, be, you know, they're going to be in the mix, and they're going to decide. And someone has to go through them to win it. But there isn't this ingenious of baseball talk with Tony T. Michael McClain. This is isn't this ingenious of them. I mean, the Los Angeles Angels made the playoffs, like, and they no, have they, been irrelevant. No, they didn't make it. They I mean, it. I'm sorry. I mean, when when you look at the the teams that were in the playoffs, like the Reds, my my apologies, they haven't been in. A, they haven't sniffed the playoffs. Baseball has an opportunity there. If they do three teams that that extra wild card, then you create more excitement, which means you I create more revenue, which I, I think is a good thing. I put it this way, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I do think. You 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 know you want to sort of make making the playoffs still kind of tough because you know, let's face it, baseball is one of the few sports left where winning the division still does mean something. I don't mind the extra play. I don't I don't mind the extra wild cards. I think I I think it's I think it's fine. I as a matter of fact, I wouldn't have a problem if they went back to the old format, except instead of having the one game playoff, make it two out of three. Which then I think 
then I think it would be like, okay, we can roll with that because 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 this this sort of gave you a glimpse of what it could be if you really did expect. To me, this was about as much expansion I would want to see in the playoffs right now with the eight in each with with the sixteen teams. Because and that's what I'm saying. Like because it if, if then you got a Reds uh, a fan base that's been lonely for them to get back in there that gets in there. So even if they don't win, they're in there. I think that creates excitement. Matter of fact, I think and uh, maybe it's, um, I'm, I'm stretching. If you have in some of those areas, like with hockey, you got you know certain players. Or you have certain uh, players and and at positions. I mean, outside of a Mookie Becks, if you got a a great ball player or average ball player that's black that is playing in in these markets, you have an opportunity to seize the moment to bring forth but, the game of baseball. That's what I'm but, thinking. But, sure, but see, but 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 the thing is, unfortunately, the elephant in the room is the elephant that's not at the park and it's in these empty stadiums. Now they're going yeah. to allow. Now apparently they're going to try to allow about a twenty to about twenty percent of the fans at all the neutral sites. Uh, I think like a, I think it's like eleven thousand or so. In San Diego uh, or something. Uh, yeah. It all four all, all four of the next sites are going to allow uh, for fans. Now that you know, my you know I I get why they're trying to do it, but you know you, you know. You got to be careful. You got to be got to be very very careful. One of the reasons why it worked well for the NBA and the NHL is that they just you know hey no fans we'll we'll take the bullet. And I get it you know you want to recoup a little bit of bucks but you got to play it all the way out. I think you know, like I said I understand I understand why you're doing it but just remember the risk that's being involved here to see. You know the NFL had been running good till up until this week, and then you saw what happened. You know uh, in, in in Tennessee, and and you know they had, and, and again in their arrogance they said, oh, we'll just make sure they play on Monday and Tuesday, and then you know a bunch of other players uh, test positive as, as well. So, right, I I get the reason why they're doing it, but they probably need to. They they probably should have stuck to their guns. And said, "Nah, no fans." But you know, again, the greedy bastard factor always will sneak in uh, in, 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 in in times like this. But you 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 call that anyway? You said it was going to be some. It's just a, the degree of how bad it is, and if they do anything. Having said that, is this um, you know the the a situation where? It's going to be pretty bad. If Tennessee is saying that they got X amount of whatever and the Steelers in Tennessee won't play because of this, is this the forest for the trees? Is this coming? What you had predicted is going to happen at this point. I won't because the more the more they still try to play, you know, the more games that are played, the more opportunities are there for folks to get COVID and see there and see. Remember, they've been letting in fans, you know, a little bit at a time from day one, from 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 opening night in Kansas City up until tonight. I don't know how many now. I don't think they're gonna same tonight's game is in Denver. Am I correct? Right, Denver. Yeah, yeah, Denver so, Jets. So, yep. so they've allowed so, and I, I think certain like now if it was in Jersey, 
there will be no fans. You know, New York, Philly, and a bunch of other uh, cities have said, no, we're not, you know, we're not allowing fans. But there have been other fans and other games. But see, when you open yourself up to this, you open opportunities for this to happen. So, um, and now it's funny because the, they've been finding coaches, you know, gazillion bucks for not wearing, you know, masks at the game. And I get it. I, I understand it. But, you know, at some, you know, you know if, 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 a, if a fan who goes to a game catches COVID, you know they're going to try to sue the team or, or, or the NFL. Let's let's you know let's right. let's just be honest you know with that. Right. And now yeah. I don't now it's still uncertain if everybody is signing waivers because see that was because because the, they haven't they haven't said if the fans that are coming to games have signed waivers to do that. I know they're doing that at the college games. I believe mm-hmm. they are doing that at the college. That's like I think the college games they almost have to because. You know, these are you know, because technically, because they're universities, they're state-run and what have you. So they have to, you know, have have these folks sign sort of a waiver or what have you. With the pro sports, you know, they should, but they won't because they don't give a damn. But all it takes, you know, right. all it takes, all 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 it takes is one uh, greedy bastard, much like themselves, and uh, a slick shyster lawyer. And and there you go. You know, the one thing I've been noticing about the NFL and, and what they've been doing is, is that they've been putting out the PR stuff. Uh, uh, when you look at it, T, we expected that anyway. They were going to push some form of agenda on us in regards to people getting sick. My question to you, though, is um, when – when they do that, uh, how does that – does it equate to anything, the NFL being the NFL, right, printing money, and everybody prints money in terms of the, uh, the real sports, professional sports. If they if that gets out of uh, uh, hand, does the NFL um, really affect any of the sport, the, the main sports, that we see that'll still be going on. The fall, they're still saying basketball and whatever. They not the NBA, well, but it, it coming up and so. Are they going to influence anything if, if things get out of worse, uh, out of hand with Tennessee and the Vikings and what's going on? No, they're, because they're going to be stuff. Uh, look, I'll just come right out. I'll just come right out and say this: if a, they're only going to do something if somebody drops graveyard dead on the field. Wow. Let's, let's, wow. let's be honest. Because, we'll see, now, Adam Silver yesterday in his quote-unquote state of the NBA team, he's hoping that they have fans back. He will, He'd like to see fans back for 2021. Now, they're looking to start, um, they're looking to start, I believe they said, around Martin Luther King uh, Day. But as as of right now. Because the draft is supposed to draft the draft, I guess, is supposed to be in November, and they're looking they're looking at Dr. King weekend in January, starting what would technically be the 2021 season. All of them are looking. Look, all of them are looking to bring back fans if 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 um if 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 if, if, if need be. I don't think I don't think. 
of the NFL as influential as they are, are going to really have a say because, you know, like I said, Silver said this this yesterday, he wants to have fans back for the season. Bettman basically, you know, uttered the same thing. Um, If you've been watching any of the stuff with the uh, the baseball, you know, folks have been enjoying it, but they said, boy, I really do miss the fans. And and the players are saying it. They miss the fans. I, I, I don't know who misses, I don't know who misses one more. The fans missing the fans, the fans missing the players, or the players missing the fans. I think it's a, it's a mutual, it's a mutual thing because it's, it's so but, funny. But, right. I, just, I was gonna say it's so funny that um, Stedman in Georgia, uh, so assuming it's not uh, Oprah Stedman, said that you know, um, really, what happens if you bring back baseball the way it is? Is baseball going to incorporate? African Americans. Look, here's the thing, and I and I and I, and I don't want to poo-poo the whole thing. It's gonna have to be. It's it's for for blacks to be brought, quote unquote, to see more of us on the field. It's gonna have to be done outside of uh, uh, Major League Baseball. I I we have we we gotta be Mookie Betts to to. to for people to t- pay attention because it didn't take no, that for me no, to play. No, no, I played. No, no, no. no but, but I'm just saying, look, here's the thing. There's no feeder system right now. There's absolutely right. no feeder system. You're not getting players from the HBCUs. Yes, you're seeing some, you're seeing players come out of RBI, but there's not, there's not a whole lot coming out of even the white colleges. And, um, even though you have a lot of more traveling teams now, what have and 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 actually, on an amateur basis, the numbers are higher than they have been. But what winds up happening is, as they get older, they drift toward um, they excuse me, they drift wow. toward football and basketball, and. Wow. A lot of that is a lot of that is Major League Baseball's fault to a certain extent, but a lot of it is just also these other sports are trying are you know, not by not by much, but they're more in their eyes they're more appealing. They're just much more appealing. Put it this way: when you so, see something, put it this way. Even as skeptical as you may think about Deion Sanders becoming the head coach of Jackson State, that's huge. That's right. huge. If that, is, if that is done correctly. If it happens, is, yeah. Well, not well. it's official now. He's, he's there. And see, already he's gotten a couple of, uh, he's already gotten commitments from a couple of good recruits. So, all it takes is a rip. All it takes is a small effect. And again, if it's done, if it's done correctly, it can be. But the thing is, baseball isn't doing that. And to be, and and to be what? honest with you, and to be honest with you, and maybe this is sort of a. I don't think this is contradictory when I say it. I'd be I'd be a little skeptical if baseball did it for ulterior motive because I don't want to just see them just throw somebody, just throw a bunch of guys up there. I don't want to see, you know, here's the way, 
I don't want to see a Rooney Rule type thing happen with players. Put it that way. So, so what I was going to tell you is that uh, Mary says she's a baseball fan and shame I don't know about the uh, American League East. That's the point in your uh, cap. Said that she's in California and she said, what is it going to take with the Mariners and the Angels to do better? Um, and she said, hashtag uh, go Angels. So I guess he's an um, uh, Angels fan. So, yeah. Well, well I, uh, shame on me. Well, well, apparently they're starting all over again because they just got rid of their GM, who who, who ironically put together that who have put together that team. Um, the, Mar- the, the the Mariners, I don't know. I just the, the Mariners, um, they have you know. A they lot of people, small market like they don't have enough money. It seems like they're no, they're no, like no, no, uh, you know uh, poor big in Oakland. Okay, okay. No, no I, I you know, okay. I'm, I I understand why people say that, but you know what? We're not that far removed from Kansas City winning the World Series. And here's the thing. Do you consider St. Louis a large market? No, that's a great point. You're right. You that's a great Atlanta, point. Do you consider Atlanta a large, great uh, point. A large market? Do you great consider point. Tampa, do you consider Tampa a large market? Right, the Tampa that you were didn't think of win, but yeah, you're great. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. You know, do you consider you see? Here's the thing. The example I always use when the when the Pirates lost the '92 uh, World Series, you know, Barry, Barry Bonds' last season in Pittsburgh, they went 14 years without winning. They went 14 straight seasons, almost a, a full two decades without winning. In that time, they not only made money every year, but they opened up PNC Park. Now, the money for now the TV money and everything else is not as lucrative in baseball as it is in the NFL. And you know the NFL is you know, but see, in the food chain of sports, it's the NFL and everybody else. And see, baseball whether they want to admit to it or not, they're not, they're, they're not the national pastime anymore, and it's going to take a while before they become the national pastime. Now, in the quote-unquote big cities, i.e. New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, and I, and, and I, would, I guess you have to say Texas because they have two teams that, you know, whatever. The baseball right. is still important, and it still thrives. As a matter of fact, where where Mary's is is at, you, you thrive because I would consider uh, the Angels a a, a a a large market team because they're I mean whether you know look they're LA's second team they went out of their way to change their name remember they were the Anaheim Angels or the California Angels but now they call themselves the Los Angeles Angels now remember they were calling remember for a long time the Los Angeles Angels at Anaheim but then they just said you know what right. we're LA Angels now. That being said, uh, and this is the moment. This is the moment for the Macy's too. T. This is the moment that you and that's why I mistakenly brought them up. But the fact is that you had these these Minnesota Twins and people. 
you have these opportunities, even if they lose, I think it's great for baseball. You can lose in this climate now and still lose, and there's something to talk about with baseball. I thought, I think it's a great thing for them. But but see, you got to remember, we're sort of looking at it from a jaunted eye, too, because we're baseball fans. Right. It's it's different because see, your your a lot of your sports fans now baseball depending again, depending on where you're depending on where you're at, baseball's not a a high priority, or or, or not even a not even a big priority now. In regards with the Angels, they have the nucleus. I think at some point they have. I, I I think it's the thing they have to they got to make a commitment to pitching. They have to make a commitment to pitching. Um, when you when you realize all the arms that have been out there in free agency over the last few years, none of them have even thought about coming to California. I'm sorry, uh, to um, to Anaheim, the, right to come to or come to the Angels. Let's put it that way. And now she she asked she, uh, she she asked two other questions. Well, go ahead. She she said uh, it, it related to the Marlins. She said, "How do the Marlins win?" And the fact that should they have a team down there when they win, seemingly uh, she didn't say seemingly. I said uh, when they feel like it. Well, I want to put it this way. I want to say that this may be different because of Jeter. But I believe it when I see it because I've seen this right. before with the Marlins, where they yep. they make the commitment, they win, and then the next day, and then literally the next minute they cry and pour. Yep. You know, you know, every time, you know, every time that they made, you know, when they went, when they made it in '97, you had Wayne Heisinger, you know, you know, excuse my friends, bitching and moaning about we losing money, we right. losing money, and then he has a fire sale. Yep. Now Loria comes over there. Messes with the franchise and like 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 I see said mess around and got a triple double mess around and won a World Series and then let and then let everybody walk afterwards. Um, the that's what I don't time, get. Well, see, the difference. I don't get time, that. The difference this time is that the fans didn't go for the okie doke this time because remember they were on they were on Gia's uh, ass day one. Are you gonna and 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 remember. He didn't do any. He didn't do himself any favors by handing your boys the MVP for basically, you know, a bag of balls. So he didn't do no favors for us. Period. I mean, no, no, I don't think. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, big picture wise. Big picture wise. Right. He, right. Remember when he right. came the right. day he took over, they still had Ozuna, they still had Yelich, they still had all those young players, and now all those guys are now the the core. Because remember. At one point, they had the best outfield in baseball with uh, Yelich, right. Ozuna, and Stanton. Judge and Stanton, right? And they didn't, and they didn't, and 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 they didn't let it sit. He, you know, right. Jeter came in and started cutting and slashing. And again, if he had traded Stanton to anybody else but the Yankees, I don't think they would have messed. I mean, they would have still messed with him. But they wouldn't have messed with him. I mean, he literally just basically handed them the MVP for for nothing, and not not. And I know he's had his ups and downs in New York since he's been there, trying to be healthy. But the fact of the matter that 
It was like Groundhog Day for the umpteenth time. You know? That's why. Yeah. That's why that's that's why they got pissed. But see, we'll know let's put it this way. We will know next year this time. Because if the Marlins still have that core there and they try to do something with it, then there's a difference. And and, and I can't blame the Marlins fans for being skeptical because they've been they've been hosed before. They've been hosed before. And see and and and, 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 and to be fair, it's probably you know, the, the 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 death of Jose uh, Fernandez hurt that franchise more than people are willing to admit because right. he was going to be the guy that was the one guy I think they would have they would have built the franchise around and the fact that he died the fact that he just you know basically died you know uh, you know at, at such a young age it set that it, it set him back even more because I truly think, and maybe this is, you know, maybe this is whatever. I, I think they would have built around him because when you really think about it, other than say Jeff Conine or whatever, there haven't been really identifiable guys with that franchise and see he fit everything that they were looking for. That's Latino player which would appeal that appealed to the Latino fan base that was there. And they would have, you know, they would have flocked to see, even if it was just coming every fourth day or fifth day to see him pitch, they would have done that. And that's what the whole deal was when, when they, when, when they did, he was, he was within the system and all of that. Now, well, that being said, that being said, now they've recovered from that, uh, and considering where they were after the first two weeks, the fact that they're one win away from advancing to the next round, that's a hell of a story. That's, that's a, a house money right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a hell of a story. Absolutely. The fact that yep. they the was there in the playoffs after all of that craziness, that tells, you mm. know, that's a great story in and of itself. Even you know, even if they don't win this series with the Cubs, they've already you know. I'm like I said, I hope for their fans' sake that they allow this team to build because it will make to see the National League East has and maybe I'm, I'm I'm a little biased probably when I say it because I you know watch you know because of the team I root for. That could be a very interesting division because let's face it. The Braves aren't going anywhere anytime soon because they've got their little nucleus. Yep. The Phillies, the Phillies, if they don't let Real Muto walk, are going to be in the mix. And yep. the Marlins, hope so. Are, are the Marlins, if they keep this, if they allow this team to stay together, will be in the mix. And now that uh, it looks like Brady Von Stoop's going to lose his job with uh, to uh, Sandy Alderson, I never thought I would want to see Sandy Alderson come back. But if they can just get a if they can just get a relief a, a, a consistent reliever, they'll be back in it. As far as I'm concerned, I think uh, to me, I think they're I think they're a, a relief a, a, a closer away from at least being in the postseason. Um, 
there's a few guys I I would like to you know they have a new they have a young nucleus with um with Conforto, John Smith, um, um, Alfonso, I'm sorry, not Alfonso, uh, Alonzo, uh, and 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 the and, and the other kids. So they've got a nucleus. I think um, I'll be honest with you. I don't want to see any more Stephen Matt and me neither. I know I'll, 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 I'll probably get a lot of flack for this, but. I let I, I see what you can get for uh, Syndergaard as well right now. Well, that you doing the Syndergaard thing? We ain't trying. <laughs> no, um, I, I I was already struggling with what the uh, the the freaking Yankees had uh, game two against Cleveland yesterday. It was just amazing we couldn't get anybody out in in, in the sixth or seventh eighth well, well, uh, eighth you know, uh, innings but one, we could and hit put, in the tenth but you, you put that one on major league baseball and whoever 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 was the idiot that told them to start that game in the middle of a damn rainstorm he needs to lose his damn job he or her needs to lose his damn job because that was an abomination yeah. having them playing that in, in, in a freaking rainstorm basically yeah, and and that that's the that's the drawback of doing the whole live thing. And the fact is that I agree with you, T. I, I'm not for that. It, and and the fact that, oh Lord, I mean we have. It, I don't want to get onto the manager. I I think don't do anything. But from the logistics standpoint, I totally agree with you. I I just thought that they dragged stuff out yesterday. They really did, and it's only because that when they started. And how the umpiring was, and all those different factors that took place. I just well, thought it was well, really, well, well, really bad. Unfortunately, you know, with the umpiring, you know, there's, there's, you know, that's 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 a hit or miss thing. That's that's a hit or miss thing. And oh, by the way, the game's in the game is in Jersey tonight. I did, I just I just turned it on for a hot second. They are actually playing in Jersey, which makes sense because they're playing. It's, it's two zero and three teams playing in an empty stadium. So you know, well, I, game, I, I, even even with that, T, I, I know we got to go. Even with that, I think it's a good thing for baseball. I think if it's as excited as I've been watching, I'm anxious. I'm anxious uh, I'm anxious think it's a really good thing. I'm anxious to see how what kind of rate. And see, you almost can't just see ratings are down in sports this year. Even the NFL ratings aren't as high as they were because I think. If there's anything that is good that has come out of COVID is that people have realized there's life, there's life besides sports. And, and you know, as we were doing the shows during the height of um, when there was no sports, I didn't miss it. Now, am I watching now while they're playing? Yeah, sure. But I think a lot of people have, you know, when, the, when all those sports first came back, there was the heightened thing of, oh, they're back. Okay, we'll watch. And then people literally and figuratively got back with the rest of their lives, and that's right. I think that's and, of that. And I won't belabor it, but I'm with you. Like as life goes on, and now it seems I'm getting more people to you know that whatever that they're that people are like you know yeah whatever, and they're bringing up sports, but they're bringing up the very same things you and I have been talking about the law and order and all this other stuff. Now they want to bring it up. After the fact, I just think it's really funny, 
and fascinating that 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 people would would do that now. Like you could have been in a pool before. Now you're doing this now. You talk about this and all the sports now. Like we've been saying this, welcome to the party thing for a minute. And now you're at the party. Thanks for being here, but you're late. So we've been talking about this for a minute. Look, the diehards, the diehards are going to watch anyway. The right. diehards are going to watch. But see, this time of the year, because it's the postseason, their whole thing is to get the non, the non, you know, the fan that only watches maybe just for the playoffs or just watches the World Series. They want to get right. that marginal. They want to get that marginal fan, and that, and clearly, that's what baseball did this year with their playoff format. They wanted to generate some excitement, and then, I think right now, for the most part, I think it's for I think for a lot of people, it's like a fifty-five, forty-five. Yeah, this is kind of good. <laughs> And real, real quick, because we do have to go, though, T. Uh, I, is, the, is it a 50-40 thing in terms of 50, uh, in terms of what they're believing? In other words, like they're hoping for the best in baseball because they're baseball fans and then they deal with football because football is through there. Or the opposite. Like it's where are we as fans in terms of these specific sports or are we not there as specific sports as I saw with Steeler fans that are cool, cool that, you know, Tennessee Titan fans or Tennessee Titans are, are not infected. So we just have to wait because we're in freaking first place. How, how stupid is that? That's really stupid. This is going to, this is literally where territorial We'll, 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 we'll stick things because um, this is going to be a territorial thing. Uh, it's going to depend on your fan base right now. Um, like I said, the, the diehards are always going to be there. The diehards are going to be there. It's the marginal folks. It's the marginal folks that they're trying that, 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 that this time of the year when it's the postseason, they're trying to get the folks that don't watch the regular season. And that will oh and and that and that that's now now they're probably the one thing they're all gonna have to try to do now because COVID is still a factor, they're gonna right. have to find a different way to appeal to the fans. Now, in a sense, um, to be honest with you, in a sense, the NBA and the NHL led with that in the sense by doing the whole bubble thing and it's, it's, you know, for, for those two, it's worked out okay. Now, baseball has this different format. I, I think I think it's going to literally be on a day-by-day basis and what kind of feedback they get, whether they bring it Iverson's way. I think at the very least, you will not see the single wild card game again. I think that's dead. Mm. But... I don't know if they'll do the eight and eight next year for the full season. Well, and, and that's because to your point. I think it's a great question because the eight and eight it is not failure, but it's not winning either. So, what do you do with those eight and eights? I think that's always been a question for folks like us in the NFL. They went there well, but the way, but I mean, if you're eight and eight and you tight the Tennessee Titans with a beast of a running back, like do you really? 
should you be sitting home? I mean, that's, well, is it good for the game or not? Well, put this way. Remember, Pete Rozelle's, see, Pete Rozelle's dream was everybody finished 8-8. Eight eight. You got to remember, that, that was Pete Rozelle's dream. He wanted every, he, he, you know, he loved charity. That was his whole thing because it got people talking to see his whole deal was no news is good news. If they're talking good about you, if they're talking bad about you, they're talking about you. Right. That was his whole, that right. was his whole deal. And now they, you know, now because they basically made the NFL a 24-7, 365 sport now, he would love this. I mean, you didn't, you know, there was no NFL, you know, there was no NFL network. Um, there was no NFL network when Pete was around. He, he, you know, Pete would have loved the NFL network. Uh, Pete would love that. You know, I got. We go to another. I, I love Pete Rose, so he should have been. I mean, smelled the Hall of Fame before he even got there. But there's a whole. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. And rightfully so. But I, I just think I just think that it was just really he bought on a lot. But like I said, it's just kind of horrible how it went in. I mean, the uh, the patronizing Pete Rose is all. I mean, walking in. Okay, I'm done. What? Well, let me just walk into. A, he's a walk-in Hall of Famer. In fact, he had to go through all the stuff he did. I thought was. And I told you that before. It, it's ridiculous. I mean, really. But 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 if nothing but see if nothing else they're consistent and see it's tougher right. and see, the sad thing about it is it's tougher now because all those old school guys that we remember as writers a lot of them are dead and buried and see now we're in the generation of analytics and a lot of the guys a lot of, even though there's a lot of contemporary there's a lot of good contemporary guys that are in there's still a hell of a lot more that aren't in, and, yep. and they may never, and they may never get in because they're going to analytic them to death. They're going to make it all about numbers, and with some guys, it's it's not about numbers. I mean, I, this way, I think if Gale Sayers had played in a different era, Gale Sayers probably wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Right, and you know what was so funny. Is that you know you got a great running back at Denver, who said I wouldn't have gotten in it because of Gail Sears, uh, and the exactly. fact that, and right, and he said that he said they were coming to me saying you know where's the controversy and I said wait, they went back to Gail Sears and said okay he played eight nine seasons, but he was spectacular. He made an impact on the game. Guys had to worry about him. That's the issue that Terrell John Elway doesn't want anything without Terrell Davis. They exactly. planned around Terrell. Thank you. Yep. And, and, and oh, and oh, by the way, he's still one of the magnificent six to ever get two uh, K. Now, granted, he didn't yep. do it in four, now he didn't do it in fourteen games like OJ, but he's still two thousand yards. Is still two thousand yards. Right. Yep. And who's going to compare themselves to OJ at this point? As a matter of fact, he has said um, that he has spoken with Gail Sears. Gail Sears did, uh, did an autograph session for his, you know, so he was like enamored. That that's that's the ultimate respect right there. And okay. and that and that's where we need. I I love Ken. I hated Ken Griffey Jr. when he played the Yankees. 
but he's a bad boy. What am I gonna do? Am I gonna Not root enough. for him? Like with the, well, it's just stupid. Absolutely. Well, see that and see that's the you know, and, and this is my I guess this is my old man in the mountain moment. To me, that's the difference <laughs> in the sense of fans of us being a little bit older as opposed to these to these youngins now. Now, there's only a handful of them that because I, I always you know I always call it you know the ESPN generation in the sense of if it happened before 1979, people don't acknowledge it. Right. And 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 to me, that's beyond ignorance. That's you know one of the reasons why. I cringe when I hear these Jordan versus James arguments. It's like, uh, why don't you work your way from Wilt, from Wilt and Russ and Elgin Baylor and Jerry West, and then get back to me. Now, I don't think they understand that they changed the the the, and, the and game the because thing, of Wilt. I don't think they get that. And I think the sad thing is they don't want to get it. That's right. the thing that bothers me the most. Because yeah. they want to see, and I, I, I this this way, and not, not to try to be too long winded, but I, but I want to, but I, but I, but I think it's a point that needs to be made. Okay. Early on, early on, I got caught up with the numbers, with with all the yeah. sports, you know, uh, you know, but you know, baseball is all about numbers, you know, three hundred wins. But you, but uh, at least you admitted that. At least you admitted but, but, that. Yeah, but, but see, when you make it all about numbers. You miss out on so many different things. Because see, if you just want to make it just about numbers, then you're then you're only getting you know you're only getting a half-assed look of the game. And see, my thing now is, see, I didn't have YouTube growing up. We didn't have, you know, the closest thing we had was NFL films and a few other little things. Now, yeah. the thing now is. I can go to, I, I can go to YouTube right now, pop in Gail Sayers, and I can make and, and I'll make and that, and that video will make my point will make all of our points about Gail Sayers. Now, these same sports writers and these same fans have access to the same internet for the most part as we do, but there's a laziness involved. Cause see, there's, there's a there's a there's a laziness involved. In knowing the history, I, I, I know, especially with sports, just any history, mm-hmm. sports is always going to be a, a, a window to future. Now, of course, if, even if you stick with basketball, the game has changed. I mean, even just from ten years ago, we grew up where if you didn't have a good center. You were going to be less than mediocre. That's why it's mm-hmm. a little tough for us to watch the the Rockets because they play that small ball. They don't guard anybody, and it it looks a mess. It it looks a mess. Okay. I mean, say what you want about the Lakers, but the Lakers have a traditional big man. They have a traditional guard, and they have a traditional back. Now 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 now. Yeah. Now LeBron is the is now LeBron is the difference because LeBron is 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 is, is the new school part where you got a six nine guy who could be the point guard who could also be the power forward as well. Like 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 I've always said, 
the thing that always bothers me about the the match, the, the um, LeBron and Jordan comparisons is LeBron is magic. He's not Jordan, which 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 is the thing that these new school guys don't understand because they still don't get who Magic Johnson was. They see in their eyes, Magic Johnson is that old guy that keeps talking about how the Lakers are great and he's great and all yeah. the other stuff. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, take a you know, sit down, sit down and watch some, you know, don't put in Magic Johnson career highlights. It's you know, then then come back to me, because if you're just looking at him as the guy who, you know, if, if you're looking at him as just as the analyst, you're missing a whole lot. You're missing a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I I think that. Um... I think it's very <laughs> ironic of of the taste that you have, T. Um, but you're right. Like it, you know. That's really what it boils down to. Um, people don't really want to talk about that. If you miss any part of our broadcast, go to our website, thebachelornews.airtime.com. Thebachelornews.airtime.com. Listen live. Enjoy the rest of your evening. We'll talk to you very soon. Thank you.